All right, welcome to another Teaching Others Also. Good morning, Friday morning. And it's Friday morning, uh, December 3rd. And here we are closing out another calendar year. And this is uh, our continued thing on uh, use, use, use versus abuse, using versus abusing. And for the sake of time to try to get through the few of the things that we've made a note of and haven't got to yet this week, I want to go right away to Matthew chapter 6. Now we've been talking about using this world and not abusing. 1 Corinthians 7.31, we've talked about how people, you know, he said, use a little wine for thy stomach's sake. In other words, uses versus abuses or abuses. Uh, we know that there's prescribed uses of many things in the Bible. Many things. Uh, we haven't begun to touch all of them. There's prohibited uses, things you're not supposed to make any use of. Uh, there's proper uses of everyday things. There's the uses that a professing Christian practices. And today, we want to talk about at least a couple things. One, the first one is prayer use, the use of prayer. Now, Matthew 6, and let's pick it up. <clears throat> let's pick it up in verse 5. When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. Notice the word as. The key is the likeness of something. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues in the corner of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter in thy closet. Notice the word closet, if you put a D, closed place. In other words, a place that's personal, private. Believe it or not, uh, out in the middle of nowhere where anybody, nobody can hear you can be that, as long as it's not a distraction. When thou prayest, enter in thy closet. When thou hast shut thy door. The idea of shutting the door there is having, a, having the ability to focus on things, no distractions. He says, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. Would you mark it? As. There's that word as again. As found up in uh, verse 5 where he said, be not as the hypocrites. So he said, Use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. You say, why does he want me to pray? Because it builds your relationship with him and calls you to listen to him. So he says, and mark it in your Bible after this manner. So even though it might say the Lord's Prayer, this is really, as many have rightly said, this is, He's about to give them the model prayer or the disciples model prayer. He says, therefore, pray ye after this manner. You getting it? Manner, not these exact words. After this manner, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth that is as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and power and the glory forever. Amen. Verse 14, not part of the model prayer, but he says, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So, I want to talk a little bit about this thing where he says, Use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. I think it's very, very important that we in our prayer life don't move from the use to abuse. For example, 
Yes, you can pray in your heart to God, but He says He wants you to talk to Him with your mouth. He wants you to open your mouth and talk. And there's, there's so many things. We can't do a whole lesson on that now. And we've got tons of other things we've done on this thing of prayer. But He wants you to say it, and there's all kinds of reasons. One is so you'll hear what you're thinking. You know, it is amazing. I've had people come and say, could we talk? And they really needed some help, and they really wanted to talk, and we'd talk a while. And I hardly said a word. Didn't give them any advice whatsoever, but I did listen. We may have discussed a couple of scriptures or something, but other than that, nothing. And I've had them say, brother, thank you so much for your help, and get up and go out. And God had given them our answer by them talking and putting into words what was in their heart and mind. So sometimes that's what God wants to do, because sometimes, sometimes he's going to say to us, you're really abusing this prayer thing for yourself. Doesn't mean you don't ask for anything about self. But he's like, you're really abusing my time. Because you're praying over every little teeny tiny thing when you're missing the things that should be most important for others. And my point is, prayer use versus prayer abuse. Well, repetition would be an abuse. For example, merely saying the model prayer, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name over and over and over, or saying it at occasions, that's an abuse of it. However, it is powerful to study that prayer. The manner of it, the pattern of it, the model of it. <clears throat> but you could end up abusing prayer. And let me give you an example. The heathen pray. Say, so, well, no, I don't think they do. Well, <laughs> Then the Bible and the Lord Jesus Christ were wrong and lied, because look at verse 7 once again. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. People pray. I knew nothing about the Lord Jesus Christ. I knew nothing about God or church or anything. Had never read a verse of Scripture, but in my teens, I can remember several times praying for help and guidance. And I had no idea who I was praying to, but I prayed. I can remember it. Everybody prays for the most part. Yes, there's some that have had it knocked out of them and all that. So, human prayer is an abuse of the right we have to pray as Christians. So I'm speaking to believers here. I'm speaking to practicing believers, professing believers. And in this particular day, we're going to talk about prayer uses. I want to get, maybe if we get there to the idea of personal uses, but if we don't, here's the idea of personal uses. We are to edify the Lord, and we are to edify others, and we are to edify the work of God, and part of that is in our prayer life. There's a sense in which you should, he said, I have used great plainness of speech. In preaching, there are uses and abuses. There is there, Paul hesitated to use sharpness, and some of you guys out there preaching, that's what you pride yourself on is your sharpness of speech. Paul said, I've wrote these letters and I've done these things over in 2 Corinthians 13. He said, I've done this so I can try to avoid that. Uh, let's, let's not have, it, have to have it be that way. Most of y'all want it to be that way. That's not good. Now, believe me, I'm not talking about sparing, keeping back the sword from blood and all that. I'm just talking about the fact that use and abuse. Well, in this, I'm going to talk about prayer. We must treat prayer with reverence again. 
Can you pray? Boom. At a moment's notice? Yeah. Simon Peter is sinking and he says, Lord, save me. Okay. Amen. But if you're not careful, you abuse prayer. Now, that doesn't mean when they ask you to bless the food that you pray for half an hour. I get that. Over the last 20 years, I guess, maybe even 30, I've become more increasingly convinced personally, just personally, that the thing He wants us to do is receive our food with thanksgiving, First Timothy. And that that's what sanctifies it. I know you can say, Lord, bless it. I really believe the Lord wants to hear us thanking for it. And that's why the old timers often turned grace after they ate. They ate and stopped and said, Lord, thank you that we had this. Now you can give thanks beforehand. And it wouldn't hurt to give thanks afterhand. Amen. And it wouldn't hurt to be thankful at the table for whoever fixes it. There's a great deal of, of, of crudeness and unthankfulness today in the typical average Western home. And there's a great reduction of people sitting around the table and eating because of it. But we should get back. We should use hospitality one to another. We should be cordial. We should be tender with one another that way. And here in prayer, <coughs> we shouldn't abuse prayer. We shouldn't think that saying a prayer is going to take care of everything. But we should pray. And it would behoove us as believers to make sure that we don't end up using repetitions. Now, I use a prayer list. And I have it written down. It's not the only thing I pray over when I pray. But on a daily basis, I use that prayer list to remind me. Because I don't want to let my distracted mind or something forget to pray for somebody. I don't believe that the only prayer that counts is spontaneous prayer. However, however, we should be careful that we don't abuse prayer by just quoting off names. We should be careful we don't abuse prayer by asking for it just because it sounds spiritual to ask for it. If you're in the ministry, if you're a missionary, for example, in the sound of my voice, I hope you never get to the point where you forget how much you do actually need other people's prayers. If you're not careful, you think what you need primarily and only is money. And you'll do the work. You need prayers. If you're in the ministry, you need their prayers. And if you're in the church and you're in a flock and you've got a pastor, best thing I can tell is you need their prayers. So we need to make sure that we use prayer the way God told us to, but we don't abuse prayer. I personally think that there's times when it's an abuse of prayer, some of the prayer requests we get, because it's taking people's minds off of something that's a soul, for example, that needs help, missionary needs help, gospel need, that needs to be going out, and then it puts people's minds on someone that has a minor health issue. You say, well, shouldn't we pray about everything? Yeah. But have you ever noticed that the people with the minor health issues are the ones that are always, always, always occupying other people's time? That doesn't mean don't enjoy other people's prayers. But there is a sense in which we should prioritize our prayer request so that other people who are praying are not distracted by us making a big thing out of a little thing. 
there are those who are truly, truly suffering. I think that there's not near enough prayer for people who are suffering, suffering mentally and emotionally and spiritually. I really do. I think, for example, where, where I live, called the United States of America, amongst those who are professing Christians and etc., that that there is an overreaction that if you're having trouble, it's your fault. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible doesn't teach that if, if someone happens to be poor, that it's their fault. Now, yes, there's great opportunity. And yes, hard work does pay off. But I'm telling you, people have had some tragedies happen that they had no control over and knocked them about and sometimes physically affected them. And I guess for me, the biggest thing is our prayers. We need to make sure we're using this power of prayer. That we're using this responsibility of prayer. That we're using this right of prayer correctly. We should not be abusing it. Pray for your own things, absolutely. But we should not be monopolizing other people's prayers for small, minor things all the time. People who are always telling you how bad they've got it when, when it's, it's like they're complaining about a hangnail in comparison to the people directly around them, they have, they're abusing prayer. Now, you may not have heard it approached from that standpoint, and I'm not trying to belabor the subject, but I do believe this would be a great time in talking this week about use versus abuse to ask yourself, how do you use prayer? I don't think there's anything any more neglected. Bible reading is, I'm sure it's neglected amongst Christians today. Especially with all the electronic rubbish. Instead of just picking up a copy of the Bible like I got here and highlighting it, writing it, reading it, wearing out the pages. I know. And there's electronic ministry and there's all this stuff. I don't think there's anything as neglected and abused as the subject of prayer. Prayer has always been at the heart of what God did in any time, age, or even short period of time. In any locality, prayer has always been the focal point. So I would encourage you, yea, I would even challenge you, as you head into the weekend, as you listen to these thoughts, slow down, look at what time you spend praying, look at what you pray over, and just make sure that you're not abusing it and that you're using prayer to its fullest. Are you spending the time in prayer that you ought to? I hope you have a great weekend. See you on Monday.